If ever you're wanting to up-level something in your relationship, one of the first steps is to stop following your relational urges. Welcome to the Conscious Couple Podcast. This is your host, Jenny Morrow, and today you're going to be hearing from me solo. So I am feeling actually really excited to podcast today. I've been thinking about podcasting all week. Bryce and I are traveling this week, and I knew I wanted to get something out during our travels. And so it's definitely been on my mind, and I've kind of vacillated back and forth between wanting to podcast, but also really wanting to feel inspired about something I was going to talk about. Podcasting is a really interesting experience for me, and I want to talk about my relationship to podcasting for just a minute. For any of you who are sharing messages in any way, whether it's you as a parent sharing messages with your children, whether it's you as a teacher in some way, as a coach, as a an educator, as a leader, you know, anytime we have a message to share, it's an interesting balance between doing the work of sharing a message and finding inspiration for the messages that we're sharing. And so one of the things I notice with the podcast is that I love to podcast when I'm in the flow. And when I'm not in the flow, it can feel hard, it can feel clunky, it can feel flat, it can feel boring. Sometimes I'll kind of feel like I'm on a high, but then I listen back and I'm like, hmm, not loving that. So it's an interesting place to have a message to share, but also wanting to be in the flow. And I think whether we're having a conversation with a friend, a loved one, again, a child, a partner, a spouse, anytime we're in a conversation and we're struggling to find the flow, it's just something to notice. And sometimes it does help to take a step back and we can still acknowledge the desire to have a conversation. We can acknowledge the desire to share a message and it becomes really important that we are able to get back and flow with ourselves. So that's a bit about what's been going on for me the last couple of days as I've thought about podcasting. I thought maybe I would podcast yesterday, but I just, I could tell I was like, I had ideas in my head, but I couldn't feel the ideas in my body yet. There wasn't a heart, mind, body connection. I just wanted to put that out there again because this is just one way of sharing a message. There's many ways that all of you share messages every day and Sometimes we just put something out, even when we're not in the flow, and sometimes it's still valuable in some way. So just because we're not feeling in the flow doesn't mean we can't put something out. It doesn't mean we can't try. But again, usually what I find is that it's in coming back to ourselves and getting in the flow that our very best work happens and that our best sharing of messages happens. So I don't know how all of you will experience today, But I feel excited to be here. I feel connected. I feel in the flow with this message today. And that feels really exciting for me. So there's a lot going on right now. Bryce and I are here in Boulder, Colorado. Um, We've been here now for about five days. He has his final training, live training for the relationship coaching program he's currently doing. And it's been so fun to watch how the things he's learning are impacting our relationship, and how they're impacting the work we're doing with clients. So if you have any interest in learning more from us and learning more about what we offer, 
to clients, go to www.advancedrelationshipacademy.com. And we now have out our live webinar. So you can get instant access to the recording of our live webinar. And you can get that by going to relationshipmasterytoday.com forward slash register. Now I've announced this the last couple of weeks, but then I've been having some issues with the tech as I'm getting it all put together. So um, if you've tried to get online and watch the web class and it hasn't worked, try again. Everything should be up and loaded. All of the links should be working. So go to relationshipmasterytoday.com forward slash register to get access to this live web class. And this live web class really is, it's the thing that I used to go through with all of my private clients. I've now taught this information hundreds of times, and it is still the most valuable foundation for creating the most intimate, loving, and powerful relationships. I really do believe that, and I still use it as my own foundation. So go check out the live web class. It's really fun and hopefully really interesting. And... What else? There's been a lot going on. We had our live weekend a couple weeks ago, and I think we might have talked about this in our last podcast together, but I just wanted to acknowledge if you are interested in coming to one of our upcoming live weekends, we're looking at doing our next one in November. So one option is you can get on the web class or on the website and you can sign up for our live event that way. The other option is to join one of our programs, join our group program or our private program, and you basically get the live event for free. So what I would say is if you're interested in the live event, then look into doing one of our programs with us because you get the live event included and you're just going to get a lot more support and help through the online course and the coaching that we will offer you. So one of the things that's been really cool since I've been here with Bryce, it's so fun to watch people in community doing really, really deep, intimate, relational work. I love the experience of being able to be more real in my own life. And I love the experience of being able to actually experience that in community. And it can be really intense. A lot of people think, I want to do my relationship work privately. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with private support. Private support has its place. It has its benefits. And there is so much relationship work you can do in group settings. And the key is to find the right spaces that are safe and that have certain structures and boundaries set up to support you doing relational work in community. But I think a lot of us come from traditional relationship paradigms where it's like keep the problems behind closed doors. And I'm a big fan of breaking through that old paradigm and creating a more empowered paradigm, a more conscious relationship paradigm. And that's the kind of paradigm that says, okay, we all struggle in relationship. We all have similar struggles in relationship. The patterns are not that different. There's a lot of variation in context, but there, you know, relational struggles come down often to a few distinct patterns. And going into community can just provide so much movement because you get a chance to see people working through the patterns outside of yourself. And that's a great way to help you see them inside of yourself. It's a lot harder to see struggles inside of ourselves. Often because we're just swimming in them, it's all we've ever known. When we start to see them in other people and when you actually have tools for how to work with being in a community and getting triggered by other people and their stuff, once you start to learn how to use those triggers and those fears and those anxieties that can come up in a group setting, you just you can move your relationship work a lot more quickly. 
So again, I'm not a big fan of putting our vulnerability out in unsafe places and without boundaries. And I'm a huge fan of creating a more conscious relationship paradigm where we learn how to own our own stuff, not only in private, behind closed doors, but also in public, in group, in community, in a really real, honest, vulnerable way. So if you're interested to learn more about what that can look like, then again, check out the web class or go to the website. We are here to help. Let's dive into today's topic. Today we're going to be talking about what's not working in your relationship. Do the opposite. Today we're going to be talking about using counterintuitive moves in our intimate relationships to create more and more of what we really want. So this topic has come up a couple of times in the last couple of weeks. It came up for me a couple of weeks ago when I was out hiking with a friend and I was relaying verbally some of the things that have been going on in my mind recently about how to do the opposite of what's not working and why that often helps. And then I had a really cool, interesting conversation this morning with the owner of the Airbnb Bryce and I are staying at. So I'll dive in and I'll talk about what he and I were talking about this morning that really opened me up to this is what I want to podcast about. Let's talk about why. Why do you want to do the opposite? When you are engaging in any kind of relationship dynamic, whether it's with your spouse or your partner, whether it's with your child, whether it's in a friendship, you know, why do you want to do the opposite? Well, one thing is because whatever you're doing that's not working is not working. But what can happen in our relationships is that we tend to feel these urges. And these urges are very powerful, they're very strong, and they usually ride on the back of triggers. And triggers are any external force that has an internal impact on you. So your partner says something and you feel shamed and you want to shut down and pull back, right? That's an urge. Or your partner says something and you want to lash out and defend. That's an urge. So what happens in our relationship is that we have these urges, these desires to often lean in or these desires to lean back. And it comes from this sort of attractor field. It's almost magnetic. Again, that's, I like to say that these things follow the energy. Initially, I used the word trigger, that in a way this stuff follows the triggers, but the triggers follow the energy. So at the base is sort of this magnetic field. And we can either feel attracted towards something, that's sort of the urge, or we can feel repelled by it, repulsed by it, wanting to back up, wanting to hide, wanting to remove ourselves. So that's that opposite, um, repelling, mag- uh, repelling nature that happens when you put like two sides of a magnet together that are the same, you're going to get the repelling nature. When you put the two opposites together, you're going to get the attractor field happening. Now, what's really cool is that whether we're feeling attracted to respond a certain way, whether we're feeling this like urge, like it's pulling us towards it, we almost don't even have control, Right. Let's say we just suddenly feel this urge to defend and it just happens. This happens in my own life still. There's times where I have relational urges. Bryce may come to me and say something and I just have the urge to defend myself. It can feel like there's no choice at times. The urge can be so strong that it seems like there is no other obvious choice but to respond in this way. So while there's nothing wrong with following our urges... They often don't get us what we want. 
Now, this can be very confusing because a lot of us are also learning how do we follow our intuitive self. What's the difference between our intuitive self and our urges? So I'm going to just slow that down right there. We're not going to dive into that question right now. I'm going to start by backing it up and just talking about this topic first. And maybe it will give you a little bit of an idea of the difference between your urges and your intuitive self. So what can happen is that a lot of times our relationship patterns are built on a continual responding to our relationships from these relational urges to either move forward, try to fix something, engage, get it all figured out, defend ourselves, or whether it's to lean back and just give a ton of space and avoid and resist and withdraw. Now, for a lot of us, we have patterns, relational patterns built on both of those. And there really are two sides of one coin, whether we're leaning way forward or whether we're leaning too far back. The key is that we want to find the balance. And the reason we want to find the balance is because you want to get back in alignment with yourself. What can happen is your true self is sort of there and it's grounded in reality, in alignment, but energetically we can move forward in front of our true self, right? Try to fix it and control it. Or we can move back behind our true self, try to hide ourselves. So this is where this title comes from. That what's not working in your relationship usually comes from these relational urges. And so here's where we want to start doing the opposite. Because you're wanting to get more of something in your relational life. You're wanting to experience more connection, more commitment, more respect, more support, more attention and affection, a deeper love, a better sex life. If ever you're wanting to up-level something in your relationship, one of the first steps is to stop following your relational urges. So this can be very counterintuitive, and I want to use an example that came up when I was talking to our Airbnb host earlier today. And I was saying I love Boulder, Colorado, because in my experience of Boulder, Colorado, there are so many people here who are doing inner work. And so it's just a fun place to be. It's a fun place to connect with other people. Um, This couple we're staying with, um, I'm not sure what he does for work. She's a scientist. They've started to get into this inner relational work. And now they're looking at, especially her, she's looking at how to spread the message to teach parents how to use what her and her husband learned in their relational work together in parenting relationships. So it's just a, it's a very cool place to be in the sense that there's a lot of resources here for doing inner work. It's fun for me to be here. It's fun for me to have a conversation with our Airbnb host and have him be so open and share this experience. So I feel really grateful for that. And it feels fun to bring the message to the podcast and the message being doing the opposite, doing that thing that is counterintuitive to what we've done in the past. So What he was talking to me about earlier today when we ran into each other was he was apologizing for his daughter's outbursts yesterday and um, we're close. We were staying in a little side apartment, so I'm guessing he was assuming we could hear his daughter as she was having some emotional breakdowns yesterday afternoon. And he was right. I had heard her and I remember thinking, oh, she must have a sibling that's bugging her or something like that. So it was, fu- it was funny and interesting to hear more about what had been going on. 
what he said was happening was he talked about how him and his wife were practicing doing something different with their daughter. Often what would happen is that when some icky emotion would come up for their daughter, he said, you know, the urge was to resist the child, to step back, to feel repelled and follow that urge to get away in some way, emotionally, energetically, to withdraw. And he said that what they were practicing doing was instead was leaning in. Now, not leaning so far forward that they were trying to fix anything or control anything, but instead of leaning back, leaning in, into the body, into the sense of presence, and just being there with their daughter, even when she was in uncomfortable emotions. And this was so powerful. As he said it, he said, I hope that, you know, we're hoping that doing this hard work now will pay off down the road. So that when she's 16, you know, she'll be able to come to us. She'll feel safe with us. And it was just, it was so beautiful to me because that's a real reality that for so many of us, we've been in experiences where our parents have followed their emotional urges to either lean back or lean forward in ways that weren't helpful. And then we perpetuate those patterns And we perpetuate those patterns in relationship with ourselves. We perpetuate those problems in relationship with our partners. And we perpetuate those problems in relationships with our children, with friends, with colleagues, all sorts of relationships. Now, in some relationships, it's easier to look at them and say it doesn't matter. Or, oh, no, I do friendships well or I do work relationships well. And that might be true until things get intense, until something triggers you. So the key is when you're triggered, can you do the opposite of what the urge is? So this man this morning was talking about how his practice is that when he feels the urge to back away, when uncomfortable emotion rises for his wife or his daughter and he wants to withdraw, his practice is to do the opposite and to actually lean in. So how can you begin to do the opposite I'm just going to have you check in and just notice what's your propensity when you're in relationship. Do you tend to, when you get triggered, do you tend to lean in or do you tend to lean back? Now, what you'll probably find if you pay really, really close attention is that you do both. It depends on who it's with and it depends on the circumstance. Now, you might also find that there are phases. So you may lean in for a while and then if that's not working, you start to lean back. I'm talking about overcompensation, right? So sometimes if we're leaning in, we're trying to fix something or defend and it's not working, we'll get discouraged and we'll start to lean back. But we lean back so far that what's happening is we're actually withdrawing. So what we want to do here is, again, we don't want to follow either urge. If the urge is to lean forward or if the urge is to lean back, you want to do the opposite of the urge. But the reason you're doing the opposite of the urge is to get in your own body. And what we'll find when we do that is that we all need connection. We all want someone to be there. We all need approval. We all need support. We all need love. We all need commitment. So all of the emotional needs are important and they're all available when we come back into our sense of self. Because when we come back into our sense of self, we can always start by meeting that need to ourselves first and foremost, and then we're also available to meet that need from other people and other places. But the only way we can come back into that awareness of being able to give those 
needs to ourself and being able to receive them is by coming into ourself. So I'm going to give you an example. When this man talked about what was going on for his daughter, he said what they were doing was practicing when she would get emotionally upset, instead of leaving her, they would stay with her. But what was interesting and what happens for a lot of couples, I see this happen for so many people, is that one person in the coupleship starts to move from this masked place where they've been resisting their partner or they've been trying to like fix and control their partner. They start to move out of that mass state, out of that urge and into a more centered, authentic space where they just are, where they just, they're more real, they're more present. But what happens for the person who is still over in that masked state, for the person who's in the emotional reactivity is they will feel on some level resistant to their partner moving back into a more authentic conscious space. And this is exactly what was happening with his daughter was she was resisting them being present with her because it's intense. She hadn't had a lot of experiences with being able to feel her own feelings. And if mom or dad gets present with her while she's in her uncomfortable feelings, then guess what she ends up needing to do? She ends up needing to feel them. So this is the power of doing the opposite in our relational life. If we're used to leaning in and instead we lean back into our own body, into our own alignment, or if we're used to leaning back and resisting and instead we lean forward into our own body and into our own alignment, then what has to happen is we have to feel our own feelings. And the person we're being present with ends up needing to feel their feelings unless they want to stay in a lean forward or a lean back position. But it's hard to do that for long in the presence of someone who is very present. When people have done their own work and they know how to be present with their uncomfortable emotions, then they can't do anything but be present with you and yours. And it's really hard to mask it. It's like someone can see behind the curtain. Someone, someone's got to peek behind the mask and you know that they're looking at the real you and it's hard at that point to avoid it. So as I'm talking about this, I'm talking about this from all the different angles. I'm talking about it from being the person with whom someone is becoming more present with. I'm also talking about it from the aspect of being the person who's getting more present and then sitting with someone else who's maybe less present. But whether you're in the position of being given presence or whether you're in the position of coming into your presence and then giving it, either way, there is work to do. So what was really interesting when he was talking about this experience that they had with their daughter yesterday where they were practicing being present with her, they just stayed present. Even when she went into this uncomfortable state, they just stayed present. And what started happening was she, I wouldn't say she got reactive, reactive. She was already reactive. But what started to happen was she felt threatened by their presence, right? And in an attempt to not feel her own feelings, she wanted them to get away, get away. Now, what was really cool when he was talking about this was I had a memory pop up of a really interesting experience I had with Bryce. And this was a while back. I don't remember if we were married yet, if this was right after our wedding or if this was right before our wedding. It was around the time when we were getting more and more close to each other and really deepening in our experience of being with each other in discomfort. And I remember one day sharing something with him that I had been feeling ashamed of. And as I'm talking about it and remembering the situation, I was feeling ashamed, but it was because I was feeling some anger. And anger was something that was really hard for me to learn how to feel. 
And instead of projecting onto him and getting mad at him about the dishes or this or that, I don't remember, but I remember I could see what was going on for me and I decided to share it. And instead of him backing away or withdrawing from me, even though I was in this uncomfortable place emotionally, and instead of him leaning in or trying to fix it, he just he just was. He just existed with me in this space. And I remember first what happened was I just went numb. So I shared with him really honestly. He stayed present. I went numb. And then this urge rose to push him away. And I wanted to do just what this little girl did yesterday. I wanted to scream at him, get away. Don't see me. Don't see me. I don't want you to see me, right? I want to get away. And I remember what happened in that moment. I noticed this urge to run from him. I noticed this urge to push him away. And because I was conscious enough of that, instead, I went right into my feeling and I just started sobbing. And it was right there. It was available. And who knows how long the energy of that feeling had been in me. My sense is it had been in me for a very long time. Because when I came out the other side, it felt like this deep cleansing experience. And just to have had him present with me gave me the courage in that moment to go inside of myself and to feel. And this is really the power of doing the opposite in our relational lives. But I do want to, quote, warn you that when you first do the opposite with your partner, with your child, with your friend, you might first get resistance from them. Because you getting more present and being with them means that they're going to have to get more present to themselves if they want to stay in relationship with you in that moment. And in that moment, there's going to have to be a decision made and they may try to push you away. They may scream at you, leave me alone, right? And that can happen actually, like this little girl yesterday screaming at her mom, leave me alone. That can happen actually, or it can just happen energetically where someone stops calling us. Someone stops responding to us in some way. But again, if we get really present, if we can see it for what it is, that won't feel so threatening. We'll know that we're on the right track. We'll know that we're being present with ourselves. We'll know that we're available for others. We'll also just know that sometimes people aren't ready for it. Sometimes people aren't ready to feel. They don't want to do the deep emotional work yet. And that's a choice. Now, the power of being able to be a parent and do it I think is just incredible because what are your children going to do? Are they going to leave the house and not live with you, right? So this is not a punishment. Staying present with your children in their discomfort is not a punishment. And when you do it in a boundaried way where you're not allowing them to hurt you themselves or others, but you just stay with them while they feel, initially, especially if they're not used to it, because of the old patterns that have been played out, if they're not used to it, they will often resist at first. I was just thinking this has actually come up for me this last week as well, that when someone starts to set boundaries with us, and if you're a parent when you're doing this or a spouse or a friend, when you start to set boundaries with someone, when you start to say, I'm not leaving you, I'm not walking away, I'm not letting you hurt me either, I'm not going to absorb this blame or this attack, but I'm not leaving, I'm just... I am here, I am present. What you'll often get initially is this deep resistance in some way. So I want you to just be aware of that. And obviously safety is always first. If you have any fear that you staying present with someone 
is going to mean that they will lash out at you, then get help. But if you're both safe, it may not necessarily feel comfortable or easy to go here, but if you're both safe, you can also really utilize the process of having witnesses. It's one of the reasons I really like safe boundaried community work for relational work because to do it behind closed doors, one-on-one, even sometimes two-on-one, sometimes it's not enough of a support. It's not enough of a container. Like our live event, this last, when we ran our live event a couple weekends ago, I think it really provided some space that people might have gone to on their own with us because they know Bryce and I and they've already developed relational safety with us. But to see people go deep so quickly in a group was really powerful. And I think it's because the container of the group, it provides enough witnesses that if people are focused on doing the work, not leaning back, but not leaning in and controlling or fixing, but people are focused on doing the work of presence and being able to see reality for what it is very clearly and honestly, there is just something so powerful about that container that allows people to go there when they've resisted that in themselves. So what I want to say is that it is possible. It's possible to deepen your experience of connection. If you have been in a relational experience where you find yourself wanting to run from the relationship, where you feel an urge to resist your partner, where you feel afraid of your partner, um, and I'm not talking about people who aren't safe, okay? Um, I'm talking about situations like Bryce and I where I suddenly wanted to run away from him and I felt unsafe. But logically, I could look at it and go, this isn't because I'm unsafe. He is right here with me. The reason I want to run away is not because I'm unsafe. The reason I want to run away is because I am scared of feeling my feelings. And if I can stay present right here, right now, then I get to be free. And that's exactly what happens when we start doing the opposite of what our urge is telling us to do. So for everyone who is learning how to be more intuitive in their parenting in their relationship with food, in your relationship with your partner, in relationship with dating. For anyone who's wanting to be more intuitive, one practice is to start with doing the opposite of what your urges tell you to do. That's a great way to start developing intuition because intuition isn't just about following the heart. It's not just about following the mind. It's not just about following the body. It's about following the alignment of all three. And one of the best ways to start to access that is to do the opposite of what you've been doing that doesn't work. So here's to creating the most incredible, alive, conscious relationships out there. We are here to help you. You are not on your own. I hope this podcast is giving you a ton of value. We will talk to you soon.